reclamation complex in the Western Hemisphere invites you to explore its wide range of career possibilities. Maglev Express Service to Mesa Verde leaves every 30 minutes. W Radio Your Information Station Hello my friends and welcome to the WDW Radio Show Your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 351 for the week of February 23rd, 2014. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, my videos, blog, live broadcasts, my special events, my Walt Disney World trivia books, audio tours, new project, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. This week's show is sponsored by Audible.com, where you can get a free audiobook download by visiting audibletrial.com slash Radio. Tons of titles to choose from, so many different Disney books you can play on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any MP3 player. You can sign up for free, cancel anytime, but go get your free book now by visiting audibletrial.com slash Radio. So I'm going to open up the inbox this week and answer more of your listener emails. Topics this week include the history of attraction changes in Tomorrowland, spending a year in Walt Disney World, anniversary ideas, staying on board versus going ashore on the Disney Cruise Line, Disneyland Hotels comparisons, and Disney's Animal Kingdom. Is it really a two-day park? I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package I'll then have a special announcement to kick off the show, as well as some updates, including information about our next Meet of the Month and other events at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Hi, this is Lou Mangiello, and for nearly 10 years, I've shared my passion for all things Walt Disney World in an effort to bring you some Disney magic wherever you are in a variety of ways. And I started out by writing the books I wanted to read, my first two Walt Disney World trivia books, and I promise a third one is on the way. And then I went on to start writing articles and podcasting and doing videos, live broadcasts, live special events and meetups. I published a magazine. And I even continue to take the show literally on the road to meet and get to know as many of you as possible. And for the past decade, there's been one question, one problem, one request for help that I get more than anything else. And I think that it's one that's usually in the mind of every person planning a Walt Disney World vacation. And so the idea for something I called 102 was born. Because bringing the family to Walt Disney World is something that so many people dream about and plan for and save toward. And the one question that I continue to get is always something like, I hear that a trip to Walt Disney World can be so expensive, how do I save money at Walt Disney World? Well, for the past year, 
I've been working on trying to help solve that problem so that anybody and everybody can have a truly magical vacation. But I don't just have one answer. I have 102. So I'm excited to announce my latest project, 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World. It's a 197-page book that can be instantly downloaded to your computer, iPad, iPhone, Kindle, Nook, any reader, and it's also coming to the Kindle and iBook store as well, too. In this comprehensive, detailed guide, I give you 102 different ways that you can have the most incredible Disney vacation without breaking the bank. And I promise you that you can have the Disney vacation you envision for your family at a rate that's a lot more affordable than you might have expected. In fact... I even guarantee it. I'm so certain this guy's going to help you save money that I will give you a personal money-back guarantee. If you are unable to save at least the cost of the guide after reading the book, I will gladly give you the purchase price back. The book includes not just easy-to-follow practical tips, tools, and advice, but links to relevant websites and podcasts and videos, as well as anecdotes, trivia, and beautiful images throughout. So whether you're planning your first Walt Disney World vacation or have been there dozens of times, you're guaranteed to have a more budget-friendly experience whether you're going solo, with a friend, or bringing the entire family. Now, included in this book are money-saving strategies for everything from saving money before you go to staying at a Walt Disney World Resort hotel, saving on dining, souvenirs, experiences, and so much more. And in addition to the tips, I also have 40 things you can experience enjoy, do, eat, and collect for free. The book is a perfect investment for those who are thinking about giving their family the vacation of a lifetime. It is the authoritative guide to a budget family vacation. It's a one-stop handbook for practical information, easy to read, active, clickable links throughout, as well as step-by-step how-tos. It covers every part of the vacation, even before you start planning. And because it's an ebook, you can take it with you wherever you go, including to the parks. You can learn more, see sample pages, and instantly download 102 ways to save money for and at Walt Disney World by visiting the website over at Disney102.com. And if you like the book, all I ask is that you please help spread the word, tell your friends, post a link to Disney102.com on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram. And if you're a blogger or a podcaster, want to review copy, let me know. Email me at lou at wdwradio.com and I'll send you right away. Thank you so very much for your time and your attention. I hope you enjoy my latest project, 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World. Since my very first show, one of the goals was to always make you feel as though you were sitting around a table with me and just talking about Disney with some of your friends. And one of the things I had hoped to do as well was not just share our love and and common interest in Disney, but help you plan and get the most out of your, your vacations. And one of the ways I found to really do that best is by answering your individual questions about your upcoming trips or trivia or details or just about anything you may have. So every few weeks, I like to open up the inbox and answer the questions that you send to me at lou at wdwradio.com. And of course, because talking about Disney is always better when it's done with friends, otherwise I'd be sitting here talking to myself, 
or the cat who brings no real value to the conversation. So this week, I invited back to the virtual table someone else who knows about making and eating and often drinking in some Disney magic. She is the Elsa to my Olaf because I'm the guy who likes warm hugs and, well, I'll avoid any jokes about her being the Ice Princess. She is, of course, Becky Mankin from MEI. She is the chief magic maker at MEI and MouseFanTravel.com. You've just given me a whole new title. Elsa Which, the Ice Princess. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you remember way back when, when we first saw the announcement of that and we saw the artist renderings at, at one of the D23s and I was sitting there and I was just going, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so excited to see this movie, which I haven't seen yet. And you, yes. And you sat there and you looked at me and you, you kind of looked, had that look like, and I know which role you should play. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which was a scary thing because you went right there without even having any prodding. So I was expecting that. Mm-hmm. He came up with something more creative. And it's funny because it's true because wow. well, I do, I do like warm <laughs> hugs. They often come to me sweaty during marathon events, but I do like warm <laughs> hugs and long walks in the park and cuddling by the fire. But that's a separate conversation altogether. Becky, we have got a ton of emails in the inbox. I start off by apologizing because I know I have so many to get to. Let's cut the nonsense and get into the nonsense and get right to the first question. It says, Dear Lou, my husband and I were talking about the buildings where Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor is in Tomorrowland, and it got us thinking. Which building in the parks has had the most ride attraction changes? We know the space has housed Stitch's Great Escape, Alien Encounter, and maybe one other early attraction. This could even be a possible show topic because I'm sure there are several that have had multiple changes. Thanks for all you do. That comes from Allison in Chicago, a.k.a. Mango Pie. Mango Pie's been a long-time listener. I remember the name Mango Pie from the forums. All right. So she's talking about the building that houses um, Stitch's Great Escape, Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor is across the way. So she's really talking about the, the two different buildings. And actually, Becky, I think those two buildings, especially in the Magic Kingdom, are probably the ones that had the most attraction changes over the years. And I know this is right in your wheelhouse, talking about the history of attractions and, and when they opened and closed. But starting off with Stitch's Great Escape, sort of moving backwards, that was originally Extraterrestrial Alien Encounter, which I totally dug. Uh, that closed in 2003, was replaced by Stitch in 2004. Prior to that, um, it was uh, Mission to Mars, and prior to that, it was Flight to the Moon, Right, because when the park first opened, it was so very futuristic to talk about flying to the moon. So they just made it red and called it Mission to Mars. Um, across the way, right where you have um, Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin, that's another one that has also gone through a number of different uh, attraction changes throughout the years. It was if you had wings, Delta Dream Flight, Take Flight, the also very similar, but not quite replacement to Dreamflight when Delta's sponsorship expired, and then obviously Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. So there's like four attractions for each of those two show buildings right across the way from each other. I can't think of any other building or location in Magic Kingdom that has 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 had as many changes as those two as those two show buildings have. I'm really glad that I could be of real help on this one because I will tell you right now. Remember, my first visit to Disney World was 1997 and Alien Encounter was there in that in the Stitch's Great Escape place. And of course, I, I probably went in there twice. There was something about having the back of my neck licked by some strange alien while being held down. And that was down. in the queue. Yeah. You weren't even in the attraction <laughs> yet. Just strange people were licking the back of your neck. 
Yeah. Well, while you thought that was the best thing ever, that that ride for attraction was definitely not my favorite. So I can see why my my brain has totally blanked out. And again, I've learned something today because that's where it starts and stops for me. And from all those attractions, I will tell you that my favorite, and maybe it's the nostalgic in me, was definitely Flight to the Moon. Because as a kid, I bought into the idea that our little rumble seats and, and looking at the screens on the floor and the ceiling, I felt like we were really taking off. And If You Had Wings still re- remains a nostalgic favorite. My dad loved it. I loved it. It was free. It was air-conditioned. I loved the theme song. It was kitschy and campy. I, I totally dug it. Um, probably of all those attractions, that's probably the one that I missed the most is If You Had um- Wings. I'm really bummed that I didn't get a chance to see some of these because, of course, over time we've heard so much about them and and the music and all the other things that have come along with it. But, uh, you know, Buzz Lightyear's there on the other side, and I really do enjoy it. The gamer in me loves Buzz Lightyear. So I'm hoping that that stays for a while. Do you prefer the the Disneyland or Walt Disney World version of Buzz Lightyear? Ooh, that's a really good question. I think I like World only because I know I know the tricks. <laughs> so it's it's a lot easier to get that higher score in World. But um, I really enjoyed in Land where they had the the at home interactive piece um, so that you can kind of play along with people in the park. I thought that that was pretty much brilliant. And the removable like guns. See. The removable guns are pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is helpful. It allows you to uh, to be able to aim a little better, but I, I like it. It's good. All right. Well, here's one that, that you can probably help out with, and it's partially addressed to you as well. Hey, Lou and Becky. I was wondering if it's possible to spend an entire year on Walt Disney World property just by going from hotel room <laughs> to hotel room, buying groceries, wor- working out. What? I think it would be a great challenge for any Walt Disney World fan and also a documentary as well. Sort of like supersize me but not with all the guilt as you go along. That comes from <laughs> Carl Fultz. Carl, let me beat Becky to the punch. If you plan on undertaking this endeavor, please book your travel through mousefantravel.com. Oh, no I'm sure <laughs> they'd be happy to help you. Uh, you know what? If I had the the time and the financial resources to do it, I would totally be down with that. I would totally be down with spending a year at Walt Disney World never leaving property. I'm with you. And again, it would be so wonderful if if money was not an object because there's 26 resorts, right? 26 times two weeks at each resort is 52 weeks. And that's perfect. So two weeks at each single resort, challenge accepted. (laughs) And, and, you know, I was trying to think like, you know, you could – you could almost do it in in the in the, uh, in the spirit of 102 ways to save money. You could do it by spending like a lot of time at the campground. You know, yeah. you don't have to spend the entire time well, at uh, concierge lounge at at um, at one boy, of the would that be nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I actually do have. We have clients that spend um, a couple of months at the campgrounds. They they come down uh, different times during the year and just set up home. Um, it would be, if you've got the time, the resources, it could certainly be done. Sometimes it feels like I've come close <laughs> when I've been down there um, on occasions, but it would be a fun thing to take on. And it would, so, make, now, it would make a very cool documentary. It would sort yes. of be like that supersized documentary. So if there's an aspiring filmmaker out there with an incredible budget, I'm your guy. Just we, we can crowdsource this. I mean... <laughs> Just an idea to throw It'll out. Be very, well, listen, you always say you can't see and do it all. I think over 52 weeks, you could probably get really, really close. I think you're probably right. So, all right. Next question says, Lou, huge fan of the show. I found the podcast about three months ago. Now spend hours upon hours listening to past shows while incarcerated. No, while working in my pet grooming salon. Anyway, <laughs> I had a couple of questions for you. 
First, my husband and I will be having our fifth wedding anniversary this September and we'll be traveling to Walt Disney World to celebrate. My question is regarding celebrations at Walt Disney World. Whenever they ask for celebrating something, for example, at a restaurant, do we tell them that we're here for our anniversary for the two, entire two weeks we're visiting or should we just pick a day? Also, I'm a button person. Is it okay to wear the anniversary button for the two weeks or do you think that's excessive? First and foremost, you've got, listen, Ashley, you've got to milk this for as long as possible. I'd start wearing the button now and for at <laughs> least two weeks after you get back home. You tell them it's your anniversary celebration because it is a celebratory trip, right? You're not just celebrating on one day. You celebrate, like, it's like Becky with her birthday. She celebrates for like four months. Wow. Right. Wear that pin with pride. Celebrate your birthday, your birthday, your anniversary, well, birthdays too, or your anniversary every single day that you're there. Really, like you said, it is a special celebration trip. Wear it with pride and enjoy. Absolutely. And then she goes on to say, my second question is regarding doing something special for my husband. Aw. We're heading to Disneyland for the actual day of our anniversary, and he surprised me with a stay at the Grand Californian for the two nights we're there. So I want to do something for nice for him in Walt Disney World. So she's celebrating. They're sort of taking their anniversary trip, not on their anniversary. The day of their anniversary, they're going out to Disneyland. Must be nice. Despite reaching almost 30, he absolutely loves trains. Why does she make 30 sound so old? <laughs> oh, don't go there. <laughs> uh, I plan to take him to the Carrollwood Pacific Room and do the Magic Kingdom train tour. Is there anything else train-related that I am missing? Well, you actually hit the first two things I would have said. Going to the Carrollwood Pacific Room at the Villas at Disney's Wilderness Lodge and the Magic Behind the Steam Trains tour great way to learn about the railroad. If you have any sort of interest in, in steam trains or Walt Disney or Disney history, the tour is awesome. It lasts about two hours or so, runs, I think, three days of the week. The coolest part is obviously getting to see the roundhouse where the trains are kept and maintained. You get to really get up close and personal. You learn about the procedures and operation, uh, showing how it's more than just an attraction, right? There's a lot of history to that uh, as well, too. Um, as far as... Other things you can do, I mean, there's not really a lot. I mean, sometimes if you're a train aficionado, you sort of see if you can find other references to trains around the park, like over in uh, Storybook Circus, the Carroll Pacific Railway there. Do spend some time at the Walt Disney World Railroad Station. Downstairs, there's a lot of great memorabilia and references to Walt and the history of those locomotives as well, too. But Ashley, he's going to get a lot of those um, at the Magic Behind the Steam Trains Tour. Becky Mankin, any other train-related Huh. things to do in Walt Disney World. Well, the same thing comes to mind that you just said, that the two that she has are the the top two. The um, the tour is absolutely amazing and eye-opening and fun. And then, of course, the Carrollwood Pacific Room. Uh, if, you've, you know, if they're going to Disneyland, obviously going up to Carrollwood uh, itself, up to the barn, up to Disney's barn, is always a really cool thing to do in California, not in Florida. Right. Also see um, if you can get in, into the, uh, the Lily Bell. Car, yeah, 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 the Lily Bell, exactly from the California perspective. But from Florida, those are the only two that came to mind for me, for the exception of, of course, seeing how many times you can ride around the Magic Kingdom <laughs> on the train itself and ride at Other night. I that, think a lot of people forget to ride yeah. the train at night. It's a very different experience at, at night too. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite things to do at the end of the the day when your feet hurt and you just want to kind of take in a little magic between that and the um, and the TTA. Those are great. Um, options to kick back and take in the magic. I dig. All right. The next question comes from Crystal Kolvenbach, 
who says, Hey, Lou, I'm new to the world of podcasts, but I must admit that I quickly became addicted to your show and have listened to as many previous episodes as possible. I'm not sure if this is the right email for questions. It is. So if I'm in the wrong place, pardon me and direct me. My question is this. I am an Orlando, Florida native. So you're the one that was born here with a love of Disney running through my veins. My boyfriend, however, believes Disney is a place for kids and families and does not understand how I enjoy going to the park as much as I do with just a group of friends, usually about once a week, no kids involved. Crystal, I wonder where this relationship is really going to be heading. Anyway, I have an annual pass. He, of course, does not. I'd love to introduce him to the quote-unquote adult side of Disney, but not sure where to start without the cost of park admission. What are some suggestions of things date-related to do on the Walt Disney World property that are affordable? We've done Winter Summerland, Fantasia Gardens. I took him to the shores of the Polynesian for wishes one year for my birthday, but now I'm out of ideas. I know there must be more fun and couple-friendly things to do. So, any suggestions? Affordability is a requirement. Romance would be appreciated. God, that sounds like a tagline. If a similar question's been answered, <laughs> please direct me to the episode again. That's from Crystal Colvenbach. Crystal, I-, I love that question. You don't specify how old you are, so I'm not sure if under 21, over 21 is an issue there. But Becky... Basically, what we're looking for is affordability with a bonus of romance, and it looks like we're trying to look at maybe things primarily outside of the parks because he does not have an annual pass. Right. I'm still wondering why she's dating this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Chances are it's over by the time we get to this email. but Pretty much, yeah. No, it's really difficult. Many of us, when I say this, are going to go yes or no, that usually in a relationship, one is the big Disney person who then ropes the other one in slowly but surely. And, of course, they're big Disney people by the the time that they actually visit. But since they're Florida natives, which is kind of interesting as well, um, I, I think... My mind went right to downtown Disney, obviously, mm-hmm. while there's not a whole huge level of, of romance walking around down there. But there are a lot of great options that are um, yes, inexpensive. There is. You, well, you Listen, you what? need to make romance wherever you can. What do wow. you mean there's no okay. ro- Wait, there's no, <laughs> oh, no romance in downtown wait, wait. Disney? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, not no romance. There's this Ice princess. Ice Elsa. Sorry. Wow. I I need the dress apparently. All right. So if you're thinking of um, romance, like she was thinking the Polynesian on the the shores of Polynesian for wishes, that's romantic to me. So that's kind of what I was thinking. Not that there's no romance. It just, I was thinking like date night things. Like obviously there's the movie complex down there, which is really cool where you can have dinner inside. And um, while this isn't exactly romantic, Splitsville is fun. I loved, loved, loved Splitsville when I was there. And that's really neat from an adult point of view to go do something on property that really isn't that expensive, but it really is a, a great night out. And while you're sitting there snoring in the background, let, all right, Mr. Romantic, what's what are you thinking? All right, so let's uh, let's, let's uh, I'll play <clears throat> I'm lawyer. I should here for a second. Well, so downtown Disney, <laughs> right? I think part of the beauty of downtown Disney is you can make make romance, right? You can make a nice night by doing almost nothing at all. I think it's very nice at night on some of the beautiful Florida nights to just walk from one end to the other. Mm-hmm. There's tons of live music, both on the promenade. Go to Raglan Road, Paradiso Thirty Seven. 
You sit outside by the Sasagula River. They've got great music there at night. You can have some appetizers, have a couple of drinks if you want. Same thing holds true for the boardwalk, right? Same kind of thing too. You wander the boardwalk hand in hand, arm in arm. You look at the water. You hear maybe illuminations off in the distance. You sit and just listen to the music and watch the carriage rides go by. Mm-hmm. Downtown Disney, now, I know you're not a romantic kind of gal, but tell me wow. you wouldn't love... Wait, tell me you wouldn't love going up in characters in flight at night, right? The hot air balloon, beautiful views and vistas. You see all the property and it's just a beautiful Florida night and you're just cuddling and no, no nothing. Yes, You've got no, a, absolutely. A small, the, the small balloon? black heart. No, no, no. <laughs> I, was, I was allowing you to just release all of that romantic stuff that you had going on in your brain. Right? Yeah, you go the, shopping, you wander a little the, bit, yeah. you share a, a, yeah. a, a Wetzel's pretzel, whatever it may be. I, I think that that's a fantastic idea. And yes, you do have some really good um, romantic pieces thrown in there, especially the balloon. I think Characters in Flight, I, I wasn't sure what the cost is on that as opposed to what they're looking budget-wise. So I wasn't sure where that would come into play. But that is a very romantic thing to do so if, you, if they can pull that off. So right. yes. All right. And and believe it or not, I think bowling could be a fun sort of romantic evening too. You have fun at Splitsville. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. down with you there. Um. It's not necessarily, you know, intimate and romantic, but you guys can have a lot of fun and have a soda or a water. Go see Yeehaw Bob over at Port Orleans Riverside. Go take a carriage ride, maybe while you're there or in the alternative. Go to the Grand Floridian. Go to Meisner's Lounge. Have a drink. Listen to the music in the lobby. Wander the resort. Watch the electrical water pageant. There's a lot of go horseback riding. Like there's a lot of simple things that you can do. That I'm a very romantic guy. This is I'm showing my sweet sensitive side. There's a lot of really sweet <laughs> fun things you could do as a couple in Walt Disney World. Yeah, and when you mentioned the boardwalk too, that was the second one that was coming up onto my brain because um, right there at the little restaurant that is um, right there shoreside on the boardwalk side where it's got the outdoor tables mm-hmm. that we've gone to before. You sit there have some appetizers, a couple of beverages and just take in the sounds and the sights during the night. And like you said, with all the, um, the entertainment that goes on on the boardwalk, that's a nice way to spend a couple hours. Listen, you could even go like be goofy, like go to an arcade, like go to an arcade and play Avengers pinball for a couple of hours. And like, (laughs) right. Unless you're competitive, then you're competitive. Unless you go with Becky and then all of a sudden it becomes like an air hockey. Wait a minute. Well, anyway, so moving on. Oh, whoa. Who was Mr. Competitive? The look on your face? We're going to have to rehash that. It's on on video. I played lefty with one hand behind my back and I still won. All right. Anyway, listen, Jill, Vaughn, and Wyatt, they are rookie cruisers from St. Paul, Minnesota. And they say, Lou, this Minnesota family loves the show and podcast. You keep us Disney dreaming between our trips down to Florida. I catch my son singing your show's theme music when he thinks nobody is listening. Oh, poor guy just got embarrassed. Absolutely love it. We are going on our first Disney cruise, first any kind of cruise, on the Dream in late November, three nights to the Bahamas. We are very excited to spend the day playing a castaway key, but are at a loss for what to do on the Nassau day. We can't decide, should we book a Blue Lagoon Swim with the Dolphins excursion or just spend the day hanging out on the ship? My 10-year-old son is so excited to take advantage of the kids' programs, and I'm not sure he's really going to get to do that much if we leave the ship both days. Thanks. You know we'll be listening. Again, that's Jill, Vaughn, and Wyatt. Becky, I, 
I think this is one that you, you can you can make arguments both ways, right? There are some very cool excursions to do, but as a parent of an eight and ten year old, I will tell you that on the cruises that we've been to to Nassau, we have not gotten off the ship at any time. There are great things to do. There are great guided excursions and the shopping and the water. But I think that is the perfect day to really have the ship to yourself, to take advantage of the water play areas and the 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 slide and the kids clubs and the restaurants and just sort of unwinding and relaxing, especially on a three night cruise. Uh, my suggestion, and I know you know opinions vary, and it's what you guys dig. Um, I would, I actually prefer hanging out on the ship on Nassau Day. And you and I are in complete 100% agreement, believe it or not, on this one because uh, it's the dream. And there's so much to do. And like you said, there's only three nights. So even though it seems like it's going to be a long time, you're going to get on this ship. And the moment you get on, you're going to have so much fun with all the amenities and stuff going on the ship that the moment you blink, it's going to be time to get off the ship. And in Nassau is a perfect opportunity to take advantage of the ship being half empty because most people are going to go into port. So you'll be able to take advantage of like the aqueduct and the midship detective agency and some of the other things on board. Go even see a movie on board where it's not going to be as crowded because the ship's going to be virtually empty. Well, there's some great things to do in Nassau because if it was a seven night cruise, I'd say, hey, you know, go explore Nassau. But you've got three nights to explore and see all of the wonderful things and enjoy the benefits and amenities on board. I'd stay on board. Yeah, I'm with you uh, as well, too. And, and especially, you know, I think about ships like the Dream and even the Magic now, too, with the Avengers. Look, I know I'm hung, I'm hung up on the Avengers. <laughs> thing like and there's plenty of activities going on all day, too. I mean, the Disney keeps the schedule packed. If you look at your navigator, you'll see there's a lot of stuff to do if you want to do it. So you can spend the time together as a family or separate and come together again as well, too. So if, if mommy and daddy want some time on their own as well, uh, it's a nice spa day. But book it early. Oh, yeah. Book your book your spa day early. So, Absolutely. When that window opens up, start booking. Absolutely. All right. So Brian Rector says, Lou, first and foremost, my wife and I love the show on your podcast. Best Snacks in the Park Under $5 is the best video of all time. Punctuated by many exclamation points. We have two <laughs> questions. Do they have an expected opening date for the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train? Uh, as of the date of this recording, nothing official has been set yet. But if I was a betting man, and I am... I would look for early May. I would look for early May as probably an opening date, maybe some soft openings beforehand. And secondly, we are planning our fifth wedding anniversary for Walt Disney World. We want to know when Disney usually releases the full slate of discounts for 2014. This past year, we got a 30% discount for our trip to the world. Want to know when they usually release all those other discounts. Thanks for a great show, Brian Rector. Becky Mankin, I'm tossing you the softball. The full slate of discounts for 2014. Boy, it'd be great if they just did it all at once, wouldn't it? <laughs> However, what they do is they offer, they, they throw out these offers seasonally. Um, sometimes, as many of you know who are going, but wait, they do have little things called pin codes that go out um, way ahead of advance. But right now, their current 30% up to 30% off is for spring for most nights, March 14th, I think, to about June 15th. And there's a couple blackout um, weeks in there for the um, for the spring breaks. But 
that has a book by of um, March 31st. So if history repeats itself, we should see the next season offer that releases sometime within a couple of weeks or so after that offer. Now, of course, that's historical. That could change at any time. But um, if you are one of those lucky people who gets what's known as a pin code in your email that is specifically tied to you, sometimes those go farther out. But the best thing to do is, of course, just book the trip now. Book the rates and the trip and grab the availability now for the dates that you're looking to, to travel. And then if you book a Disney specialty agency like Mouse Fan Travel, had to get the plug in there, we apply those discounts proactively when they come out. So you're essentially price protected. You get the resort that you want. You get the room type that you want. Book it now. And then when the rate or the discount comes out, we go back and we apply that code for you if Disney will allow that to be applied or it's available for that specific um, resort and, and room. So that way you're not waiting and wondering if it's coming out and then, you know, losing out on the resort that you'd really like to stay at because you're waiting for them to, to release that, uh, that season you're looking at. And, I'm just, and just to clarify for people who may, maybe have never booked with an agent before, if they do that, it's not something that they have to be on the lookout for and then go to you and say, oh, Becky, come on, this is, this is opening up today. You guys actually take care of that forum. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying a Disney specialty agency because we know the moment that those release, if not sometimes a little before because we have some birdies that might be squawking a little bit and we can get all of our ducks in a row. We know which, which of our clients' um, uh, bookings are going to apply to that rate and that morning that it opens up, we call in and we proactively apply it uh, to make sure that our clients get the best rate. And that is, of course, no additional charge. We don't charge a fee for that and we do it proactively. So you don't have to worry about seeing it online and going, oh no, I've got a call between at my lunch hour because we've pretty much already done it for you. Cool. All right. Next question comes from Jared Stabler says, uh, dear Lou, first of all, I want to thank you for listening to the show for about five years now. Enjoy every minute of it. I have a question for you. Becky will hit these in order. Question okay. A, one. Number A, question one. Which do you prefer at Disneyland, <laughs> the Grand Californian or the Disneyland Hotel? I'm going to answer first with a non-answer. I love <clears throat> the nostalgia and the magic and the location of the Disneyland Hotel but I also very much do appreciate the luxury and convenience of the Grand Californian Hotel. Um, uh, man, if I had to choose, it's hard. You know, it's hard. It so really if money hard. is no object, people say, oh, Grand Californian, right? It, it's, it's a newer hotel. You have, you know, right access right into the parks, uh, California Adventure. But, Becky, there is something about that Disneyland Hotel that I, I dig. Like, that just feels like old school Disneyland. It both of them have their strengths and weaknesses. And it really depends on your personal preference. And to me, I'm right along with you. The Disneyland Hotel is more Disney to me. The the rooms are larger. I love the atmosphere of that resort. And the pool is amazing with the um the monorail themed slide that, that goes around. And of course, yeah, there's um Trader one of my City. favorite, I, I know, yeah, <laughs> one of my one of my favorite lounges. It didn't take you long to make your way to the bar, so I know. But it it again, it's got that wonderful theming and that wonderful story that we're looking uh, for all the time from these resorts. And and of course, the rooms are so well done now that they've been um, uh, all uh, modified and, and remodeled. Where you've got the that beautiful headboard and the the blues and the browns and the colors and the head uh, the the fireworks that um, and the music that plays on. 
the headboard, which is so cool. So you got all those neat little magical Disney touches. And it's not that far of a walk to the monorail station into downtown Disney, which then takes you on that wonderful monorail spin right into the park, which is, you know, so iconic. Um, and you know me, I do love the Grand Californian as well. I think the best thing about that for me is the fantastic restaurants, which, of course, Disneyland uh, Hotel has it as well. But you also have that magical little entrance right into uh, California Adventure, which is the convenience factor that you were talking about for that location. So if you're if you're a Disney person who really likes that, that Disney nostalgia, um, the Disneyland Hotel would be my choice, really. Uh, and then if you're looking to to be closer to the action or you want a room that overlooks downtown Disney or the other thing that's really cool is having that view when you open up your lanai and you're standing out on the balcony and you have that wonderful park view. So you've got that view of, of uh, uh, California Adventure at night as it closes. And when you wake up in the morning, you, you get a view of the park. That's pretty cool, too. And I think that leads to another point, which is a question that, you know, when people say, which Walt Disney World Resort should I go to? Same thing. It's how much time do you plan on spending at your resort? How much time do you plan on spending in the resort? Or are you going commando and you're out at the crack of dawn and you come back late at night? And that actually also leads to the second part of his question, which is room rates. You know, money is obviously an object. um, So... I know they probably vary wildly by season and type of room, but how are the room rates comparable from Disneyland Hotel to Grand Cali on a sort of ballpark scale? They can actually be pretty close or sometimes really far apart. Rack rates can start anywhere from two fifty to four hundred a night and up. But you can always find packages with with discounts. Those are just what they call the rack rates um, throughout the uh, time for the Disneyland Hotel, but. Grand California is typically much higher in the ballpark of 50 to $100 a night more, depending on the view. Now, there is a trick with, with um, the California ones is you have to remember that sometimes it's priced not how you would think, where you'd think Grand California is always going to be more, more expensive, Disneyland Hotel is going to be second, and Paradise Pier is going to be third. As you get closer to the date, sometimes they're trying to fill one or another, and there'll be certain um, – room categories that are actually lower than say say you'll find um uh where you think paradise pier may be the lowest when actually disneyland hotel has a special on a certain room category because they need to fill it so you can actually find a really good deal on that one and it reverses so you really have to know what you're looking for and what you're asking for but you can sometimes find a great deal at the grand californian too which will kind of trump some of the others as well. It's a little more rare to find that one, but it all is supply and demand on pricing. Yeah, so timing is everything and continuing to look and when you go and mm-hmm. how you go and yeah, I'm not, I, okay, I'm going to shamelessly plug it. This is obviously where like talking to a travel agency and who can help you sort of weigh all those options can help out as well too, mousefantravel.com. Um, Thank you. Third and final <laughs> question. I am now living very close to Walt Disney World and was wondering what their policies were on visiting hotels. Do you have to pay for parking if, say, for example, you wanted to have lunch at the restaurant in a Polynesian? Thanks again, Jared Stabler. So uh, if you are going to eat at a resort and there are some great, often overlooked resort restaurants that you can and should eat at, Jared, and if you need a lunch companion, I live close by too, uh, you do not have to pay for parking as long as you are eating there. That's, you know, they they want you to sort of, um, 
you know, they want you to come in not to use the Polynesian as a gateway to the Magic Kingdom, but if you're going to come and enjoy the resort and the restaurants there. And don't forget, too, and if you're local and you're an annual pass holder, I hope, Jared, that you have already invested in your Tables in Wonderland card, because if you have, not only do you only get to save 20% on dining and alcohol and things like that, but you also get free valet parking at resorts if you eat there as well and bring your receipt. So... It's a win-win-win for everybody. That Call definitely me. works. I want to th- really quickly. You mentioned something on Walt Disney World, trying to pick your resort depending on uh, how much time you spend at your resort. Mm-hmm. I also want to add to it by saying, also think about how much time you're going to spend in what parks, right? For your location, right? You're going to spend a lot of Just time at the that. resort. Animal Kingdom Lodge is a nice option. If you plan on going to Magic Kingdom it- every day, probably not your best choice. Exactly. That's my point. Just wanted to sneak that one in there. (laughs) All right. Leslie has a question says, hey, Lou, I am going to Disney World for my honeymoon in November. Quick aside, Walt Disney World, number one honeymoon destination on the planet. I've been to Disney a lot, but never as a honeymooner. I hear they treat newlyweds very special, especially, again, it's with the button, right? It's all about the button. Button, button, who's got the button? But it's not guaranteed. Are there certain places to go or things to do where we are most likely to receive the all-star treatment? Everybody's a VIP in Walt Disney World. We're staying in the... Oh, Becky, you're going to like this. This is right up your alley. We're staying in the club-level honeymoon room at Wilderness Lodge and going deluxe. I have hyped (laughs) this to my fiancé as a magical and once or twice or three times in a lifetime experience. He's only been to Walt Disney World once. We want to make sure we are not disappointed. Any tips or ideas would be appreciated. Thanks, Leslie. Leslie, we're going to go back to the old question. Obviously, wear that button everywhere you go. And listen, if you're going to embrace the whole honeymoon, we want the experiencing, there's nothing wrong with wearing the the bride and groom, Mickey and Minnie yes. ears, everywhere we go. I know a listener who's a friend of mine, Katie. She wore her bride Mick, Minnie ears for like six months. She wore them in the <laughs> parks. She wore them on the cruise. She wore them when she went back to the parks. You wear that as well. And look, they've got matching T-shirts, you know, like I'm his Mickey, I'm her Minnie or whatever. No, strike that. Reverse it. But, <laughs> you know, you could do things. If you want the attention... Ask for it, you know, bring it on yep. to yourself. And, and, you know, that's one thing that makes Disney Disney as opposed to any place else like that place down the street. They will do things to really make you feel special. Oh, will they ever <laughs> wear the button with pride again? And and you're so right. And I'm amazed. I, I wish that you and Deanna had that opportunity to wear those brides and grooms ears because that would have made for an interesting picture that we could, you know show later. But it is really special to be able to have that attention drawn to you in that really special time, which of course is your honeymoon. And you've already done it right. You're staying concierge. You've got the honeymoon room at the Wilderness Lodge. You're doing the, the planning correctly there. Because you're staying concierge, take advantages, advantage of their services. Those cast members are amazing and they'll make sure that you enjoy your stay. And Use, use them. If you have a reservation you want to have made, go to them and have them do it for you. That's what the service that you're paying for when you're up there. It will be the all-star treatment because that's those cast members are just out of this world. Um, when you check into your restaurants, make sure that the celebration is mentioned to the host or to the server because it's your honeymoon. Again, embrace it. Take pride in it. Let everybody know about it. And I don't think you're going to be disappointed at all. Absolutely. And let us know how it goes. Let yeah. Us know how it goes. So call and us. We want a picture. We want a picture of the brides and We want pictures. Here. Email it to photos at www.com or post on the WRA Facebook page or tweet me or Instagram me or 
Prodigy Me or CompuServe. I'm all, I'm everywhere. <laughs> all right. So Amanda Hammonds from Cincinnati. She is Manda, Manda EP16 everywhere. She says, hey, Lou, love the podcast. Thank you for sharing the passion with others. My husband and I are go- enjoying going through the archives on the mobile app during our drives and around the house. By the way, you can download the app at www.radio.com slash app. We took our son. It's free, by the way. We took our son on its first <laughs> trip in 2011. We've been a handful of times just with the two of us. One of those times was, again, the honeymoon. And I have a random question about the Haunted Mansion. Cool. Insert scary music here. One night we went to the Magic Kingdom and we were wearing our wedding mouse ears. She must have heard the last question. I know sometimes the ride will stop at a random point in the attraction for unloading or loading purposes, but our experience was so peculiar. We stopped dead in front of the bride. Do you like the the dramatic reading of the email? (laughs) And we sat there for what felt like five minutes, but was probably only a minute or two. For the first few seconds, we didn't think anything of it, but we started to get a little freaked out and have been convinced for years they did it on purpose. Is it possible? I've asked others on forums in the past, and they've been told it isn't possible because they couldn't see us, but don't they have cameras throughout the attraction to make sure everyone is safe? Any thought on this matter would be appreciated. Love the show. Can't wait to run into you at the Food and Wine Festival. You know where to find me. (laughs) At the Food and Wine uh, Festival someday. Everyone knows where to find you, Lou. Uh, yeah. So, Amanda, <laughs> when that happens, it's only because playful spooks have interrupted your tour. Um, what? That's what it says. Right? Playful spooks Clever. have interrupted your tour. Yes. Uh, it is oftentimes for loading and unloading purposes. Look, Disney is always in, Disney is in the business of making magic. So, did they do it on purpose? One may never know. Maybe the playful spooks saw that you were a bride and groom and did that for you themselves. It's not something that probably happens all the time or intentionally. But next time you go, you could play a little Haunted Mansion roulette. You can you can uh, bet your, your husband and try and see if you guys stop, what room or what part of the attraction you'll stop in. And who's ever closest wins a citrus swirl. And I think everybody has like that attraction where you'd want to stop somewhere. And I have mine. Mine's a haunted mansion. It's right over the ballroom scene. I it's it's like hitting the lottery when all of a sudden you stop and you get to look at all the things going on in that room. But for this purpose, let the magic happen. That's, I actually I like being stopped. You know what I'm gonna say. I love, sure. love, love little Leota. I love little Leota. Really? I have an unhealthy obsession with little Leota. And divine at Animal Kingdom. I, I'm, I need therapy. I know. Wow. Yeah. That, uh, that's I've learned something today. I did not know that you had a thing over Leota. Oh, I, yeah. Like if I, if if you know, like people say, oh, if your house is burning down, you can only take one thing. What would you take? God forbid the Magic Kingdom was burning down. I can only take one thing. It might be <laughs> Little Leota. <laughs> that's good to know. Apparently, I'll have to use that somewhere someday. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. I did not know that. Yep. Have an obsession with Leota. You've clearly never listened to the show. Thanks for being so supportive. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kevin Linso from Nina, Wisconsin says, Hey, Lou, I've been trying to rapidly get through every episode and have two questions. You talked about Animal Kingdom not being a half-day park and I and really made a case for it. Do you remember what episode that was? Thanks so much. Keep up the amazing work. Kevin, thanks to the magic of... Google, because my memory is not so good anymore. That was way back. And it actually is. It's a long time ago. It's from 2008. That was show 63. Wow. Where we talked about Disney's Animal Kingdom. 
And I did. I made what I still believe, Becky Mankin, is a compelling argument for it not being a half-day park. I'd slam my fist down if the microphone wasn't on the table. It is not a half-day park. If done correctly, in the way the park was meant to be enjoyed and explored, and the operative word is savored, you can and should make it a two-day park. Now, caveat, Camp Minnie Mickey has since closed. Festival of the Lion King is currently closed. It is going to be reopening in a few months. Obviously, when Pandora opens up, that it's com- going to completely change the game over there as well, too. I now think it's not going to be a quote-unquote half-day park. It is going to be a full-day, full-evening park, right? And that park is really going to be more beautiful at night, right? It's something that we've been waiting for a long time. I think there's a lot more coming there than just that nighttime world of what Pandora is going to be with those bioluminescent lights and the trees and the entertainment. I think Disney has a lot more planned up their sleeve for making this park not just a full-day park that closes at dusk, but a park that is going to take on a completely new life and feel and existence at night. I completely agree with you, and I cannot wait to see when that comes online. And in the meantime, for the things you said are are closing and updating for right now, just add Wild Africa Trek in there and you've got it nailed. Yeah. I I was lucky enough to do Wild Africa Trek just a couple of weeks ago, and it, it blew my mind how amazing that experience was. So between the park itself and then the little add-ons you can do between that and of course the the tours you can add on, you're definitely going into a two-day or a three-day scenario when you do it correctly, as you said. I actually don't get, despite what people may think, I actually don't go to the parks that often, right? 97% of my business takes place right here in the lonely confines of my isolation of solitude in front of my desk. But my kids were off last week. I took them to Animal Kingdom. We got there about 9 o'clock in the morning. We rode the safari. We did some of the Wilderness Explorer. We did some of the trails. We had lunch. We wandered. It was 2 o'clock, 2.30. We had a great time. We did one attraction. Had we done more, we would not have been able to finish everything in one day. And I walked out feeling validated that we had a great time. It wasn't spent waiting on lines. We enjoyed and explored the park. We got to interact with cast members. We were doing lots of fun things. Didn't feel as though any time was wasted. And we only rode one attraction. We could have gone back and completely second. And my kids had a blast. And I ate like there was nobody's business. Yakiniya counter (laughs) service. I dig you so much. And my jalapeno cheese filled pretzel. It made for a happy loo. And they have a great bar that you can walk up to and have beverage too in the daytime if you need a a, you know refreshment break. And there's little uh, (laughs) no, and you know what else too? We stopped a lot. What I love at Animal Kingdom, especially now, is the variety of food items. So we were stopping at some of the carts along the way. We had samosas down by the water with the mango chutney, and oh god, I love that park. And, you know, one of the things I really do enjoy about that park is the cast members themselves because there's a lot of people with some great stories and a lot of great information if you just stop and talk with them. And, and the entertainment throughout all the, the different areas. There's so many neat little bands and, of course, um, the other one that you like to follow around a lot. Divine. Thank you, yes. <laughs> I was waiting to see how fast you'd actually catch up to me on that one. But there's, there is. There's a ton of things to do if you make it a park experience, not – not an attraction experience where you're running from one thing to another thing to another thing, but really enjoy every detail as you walk through and enjoy the, the benefits that are available to you. Yeah. And you know what, too? Enjoy the people that you're with. Yeah. Like, enjoy the people that you're with. You know, whether it's your friends, your family, you're going alone and you meet strangers. 
that's a that that is a great park to really sort of take in your environment and and do me a favor, unless you're taking care of your fast passes or your dining your reservations, put down your phone. Like I see too many people online like ignoring their kids and looking at their phone because they're Facebook and tweeting and whatever they're doing. Look around at the beauty of that park and, and what and where you are and what they made that park look like in the middle of Central Florida. Uh, it is truly a transformative experience if you appreciate the park the way it was meant to be designed. Yeah, and the work they do. I mean, all of the conservation work, if you stop and talk to some of the cast members, they'll tell you about the programs that they have in place. And and again, I cannot, and I'm going to keep saying it, I cannot say enough about the Wild Africa Track and the things you learn um, on that little adventure and the fun that you have, but the the, the education that you get about how the animals are, are handled and um, and what's going on for conservation around the, the globe. It's It's amazing. I mean, it's not as amazing as the food. I mean, it's nice. I mean, it's great stuff they're doing there. But the food really is what makes Animal Kingdom go hungry. <laughs> go, it's, I know it's somebody else's tagline, but go hungry, leave happy. You just want the bread service over at the resort. I oh, know that. please. Don't even get me started. The, the <laughs> non-bread over at, at Sanaa. So, so let's do this, Becky. Let's ask people, what's their favorite thing to do at Disney's Animal Kingdom? If it's the safari, if it's one of the things on the map, great. If it's wandering, exploring, Trying the, the, you know, dancing in the middle of Asia, checking out the monkeys, going on Everest, whatever it may be. What's your favorite thing to do? What's your thing that you love showing people? What's something special for you about Disney's Animal Kingdom? Leave your, leave your answer in this week's show notes. Go to WDWRadio.com, click on the podcast tab, click on this week's episode, leave it in the comments there, or come by and comment over at Facebook.com slash WDWRadio or Twitter.com slash Lou Mangiello. Also, be sure to follow Becky on Twitter. She is Mouse Fan Tra- at Mouse Fan Travel. What? Yes. What? Well, that works too. <laughs> yeah. Mouse Fan Travel is, of course, the the company um, one, and I also have Becky B E C I underscore Mouse Fan. And that's where you can harass Becky. You can ask questions and get cool Disney <laughs> stuff at Mouse Fan Travel. <laughs> you can harass her all you want at Becky underscore Mouse Fan. Becky, we didn't even get through like a, a one. Infinitesimal small bit of the ones we want to cover. Obviously, we talk have, a lot. You do. You do talk a lot. Uh, you know, it's That's but, a team. It takes a team. It takes a village. But listen, it's um, you know, I enjoy you sitting around the virtual table with me and those people who are listening. I hope that they feel as though they're sitting around having some fun and laughing and talking about a place that we all just seem to enjoy and love and, and find uh, very special ourselves. Do we have to have you come back sooner rather than later? I'm actually yeah, saying that. Much. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's true. And you, listen, embrace your inner ice princess. <laughs> embrace who you, love who you are. It's all good. It Let, it, all go. good. Let, Let it, it go. Let it go. Just yeah. a I know you haven't even seen the, I, <laughs> I can't believe you haven't seen the movie yet. I haven't seen the movie yet. But I, I just want to also mention to you, just remember that, that you have to have me back just to make you feel better for beating a gal with one blind eye and no depth perception, oh, by the God, way. Oh, God, here we go. Yeah, uh-huh. That's good Good going. Yay, you. <laughs> <laughs> it was all in fun. <laughs> Sore loser. Till then, oh, you know <laughs> so, so we should go to the sing-along version of, of, uh, of Frozen. Go ahead. You start belting it out and I'll join it. Oh, be careful. You never know what might happen. We, we might have to go to that. Oh, how about... Oh, how about Adventures by Disney? Wait. Don't say karaoke on anything. Cause... <gasps> Did you I got it. Oh, come on.
It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or the details. See while you pay attention to what you see or maybe what you hear for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, we were talking all about horses at the Tri-Circle D Ranch, and I asked you to comment in the show notes about your favorite Disney horse. And I asked you in the trivia question to think about some of the other places you can find references to horses around Walt Disney World. We knew about the horses at the ranch, Cinderella, or Prince Charming's Regal Carousel, Widowmaker, Pecos Bill's horse over at his cafe, and plenty more. So I told you that you can often find horses in carousels or merry-go-rounds, and there's at least two other ones in Walt Disney World. I asked you to just name any two. Tell me where they are or what their names are. Again, thank you to the hundreds of you who answered this one correctly. So many of you mentioned places like the Leaping Horse Libations over at the Boardwalk Pool, the Mini Carousel in the lobby of the Boardwalk, the Merry-Go-Round in downtown Disney. And yes, I even gave credit to those of you who mentioned the model of the Carousel of New Fantasyland over at One Man's Dream at Disney's Hollywood Studios. I randomly selected one entry from all the correct submissions, and you were playing last week for a copy of my Walt Disney World Trivia Book Volume 2, all the audio tours of Walt Disney World, a luggage tag, and a button. And last week's winner is Danny Clark. So Danny, send me your information. I'll get your package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay. Because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So this week, I, for some re- reason, am in a journey into imagination mood. I love that attraction. I raised my kids right because, of course, they missed the original incarnation as well. But one of the things that we all know from that attraction is as we go through, seeing figment in a lot of different places and locations throughout and seeing and sometimes smelling him as well. So here's a simple question for you this week. In the current version of Journey into, in, into Imagination, what does figment become? What does he transform into in the Smell Lab slot machine? You have until Sunday, March 2nd at 11.59 p.m. to send your answer to contest at www.radio.com. I'll once again send you all of my audio walking tours of Walt Disney World and a copy of my new book, 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World. Again, you have until Sunday to get your answer to contest at www.radio.com. Good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. In addition to the podcast, which you can subscribe to over on iTunes, also be sure and visit the website over at www.radio.com. There we have a number of multiple daily blog posts, new videos, which you can also check out on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash www.radio. We've got our fun, family-friendly discussion forums, contests, photo gallery, free email newsletter, the free WW Radio app for your iPhone, Android, or Windows mobile device, and lots more. Again, you can find everything over at wdwradio.com. You know, I love hearing from you directly as well, so if you have a question you want answered on the show, email me at lou at wdwradio.com. If you want to be heard on the air, leave me a voicemail. There's now two ways you can do it. You can call the voicemail line at 407-900-9391 or visit the website at wdwradio.com. On the right-hand side, you'll see Leave Lou a Voicemail. Click it. 
You can record a message right from your computer, and I'll play that on the show. Be sure and like the WDW Radio page on Facebook at facebook.com slash WDW Radio. You can also follow me directly at Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest.com slash Lou Mangiello. And you know, as much as I love connecting with you online, nothing beats a handshake and a hug. That's why I've got so many cool events planned, not just in Walt Disney World, but around the country. And the next meet of the month is going to be Saturday, March 22nd. Join me for breakfast and a movie. We're going to do what we did just a couple of months ago with Saving Mr. Banks. We're going to have breakfast over at Earl of Sandwich and then make our way for a Muppets Most Wanted meet of the month. We'll meet up at Earl of Sandwich in downtown Disney, hang out, grab a bite to eat, and then go over to the first showing of Muppets Most Wanted at the AMC Downtown Disney 24. I'll announce the exact time of the showing we're going to attend once those tickets are released. Again, stay tuned to the events page over at www.radio.com. For more information, also the events page over at facebook.com slash radio. Other meets coming up after that. April is going to be tentatively scheduled for Saturday, April 12th. May's is going to be May 3rd. That's the day of the Expedition Everest Challenge. Haven't scheduled June and July yet, but August, we're going to have some pre-cruise events the weekend of August of 8th and 9th. And don't forget, there's still room available if you want to join us on our cruise on the Disney Dream, August 10th through the 14th, four nights on the Disney Dream, going to Castaway Key, Nassau, and some fun days at sea. Got some really cool things we're planning for that. Check out the events page for more information, and you can get a quick free quote over at Mouse Fan Travel. Lots more planned in Walt Disney World throughout the year. And I have other things, other meetups planned, not in Walt Disney World, but on the road. I'm going to be speaking at a number of conferences uh, later on this year and this summer. The first one's going to be in San Diego, March 26th through the 28th. I'll be speaking at Social Media Marketing World, so I'll probably have a possible meetup on Saturday the 29th in San Diego. I'll be in Dallas, August 16th and 17th, speaking at Podcast Movement. I'll probably schedule a meetup for that weekend as well. And stay tuned for other East Coast events that I'm going to announce in the coming months. Again, I'll have all these over at www.radio.com and the events page. And as far as other places I'll be going to speak in conferences, visit my personal website over at lumangelo.com. Speaking of travel, of course, I have to thank Mouse Fan Travel. Becky is my official and recommended travel provider because it's who I use whenever I'm going to Disneyland, Adventures by Disney, or other places around the country. They will give you a no-obligation quote all available discounts and the best possible prices all at no additional cost to you. You can find them over at mousefantravel.com. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is at, if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Come by, comment over on Facebook, share links over there to your favorite episodes, and please come by, rate and review the show and the app over on iTunes. It's very helpful and very much appreciated. And finally, and most importantly, I have to say thank you again to each and every one of you for not just taking the time and tuning in, but for letting me share my passion for Disney through the show and the videos and online in so many different ways. It means the world to me to be able to do what I love and get up every day and be excited to share it with you. And I want you to have that same feeling, right? But start off by being grateful for what you have and then work hard for what you don't. And always have faith and always keep moving forward. Thank you all again so very much. I hope you have a great week this week. So until next time, see ya. Hi, Lou. This is Rob Deal from Ontario, Canada. Wanted to give a quick shout out to you to say how much I love your show 
and everything you do for the Disney community and hoping one day that I get a chance to meet up with you. It would be really cool to actually get on your show as a guest speaker. I think that would be an awesome segment to add to your lineup to have fans and listeners actually on the show discussing all things Disney with you. Anyway, until the day we get a chance to meet face-to-face, keep doing what you're doing. Take care. Bye. Yeah.